The Actor CEO Podcast, Episode 29. Whoever enters the jungle finds their own path. Right. And so long as they truly stay open to what comes up within the path they find, it will it will deliver something. Going up. You're an actor, but you're also a business. Take control of your career by learning how to manage it like a boss. Be driven. Be responsible. Be in control. Be an actor CEO. And now your host, Mike Moreno. Hello again and welcome to the Actor CEO Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this journey of learning, exploration, and dedication. If you want to keep getting these tips and tricks from industry pros, established actors, and the fabulous hardworking artists we bring on this program, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. That way, when you're on the go to your next audition, commuting home from work, or even at the gym, you can take a moment to listen and get some serious insight into building a better career by becoming an actor CEO. Well, let's say hello today to Austin Pendleton. Austin, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Michael. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So I want to dive right in uh, to the topic at hand, which is, uh, of course, your work on King Lear right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not the first time that you've tackled the, uh, as I like to call it, the mountain that is... Yeah, right. That Mount is, Lear. Yes, Mount Lear, of course. So in this time around, and uh, you can tell us which which time around this is, but in this time around, what what is something new that you're looking to discover at this go at it? I'm looking for something new to discover. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, right, it, right. It, it sort of, you sort of don't know what you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, see, I directed the play in nineteen in 1990 at the whole theater in Montclair, New Jersey. Um, Olympia Dukakis is the artistic director, and Louis Zorich played Lear. Right. And we had a brilliant cast, including Philip Seymour Hoffman, right. Joan McIntosh, and all kinds of great people. Uh, and we did a, we did that, so that was a very complete experience. Then 10 years later, I was asked to play it at the New Rep in Boston, where since I've worked a lot. But that was the first time they ever... Why they asked me to play it, I never did fathom. But you don't say no. Right. And I had a great time. I don't really know what I was, I don't think I knew what I was doing. Mm. But occasionally that pays some dividends when you really don't know what you're doing. Things surprise you. Uh, but I had no, the cast was excellent and the director was excellent. So I would just show up at every performance and, <laughs> and be looking forward to the fact that I was going to be on stage with these great people and we would, stuff would happen. Right. right. Because they all knew what they were doing very, very well. But I sort of have forgotten every single specific thing I did in that. Mm -hmm. So there are those two experiences I'd had with a play before, one directing, then one playing Lear. Then, um, so then they, I play, acted here a year ago at the Secret Theater in a new play called City Girls and Desperados. And after that, they said, you want to come back here and act some more? And I said, yeah, because I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I said, like what? And they said, King Lear. And I thought, oh, okay. Maybe it's time to head into that again. Yeah. And um, so, but I don't, I don't think you can do anything interpretive with Lear. You just have to encounter it and see what comes up. Whenever it's so, it's such a deliberately chaotic play right. that if you try to like impose a clean interpretation, it's sort of like Hamlet in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're very different people. 
except they're both very volatile. But other than that, they're very different people. Both Hamlet and Lear have a rather twisted idea about love. Mm. You wouldn't want to be alone in a dark alley with either one of them. <laughs> but other than that, they're very different. But you can't impose an interpretation on it. Two right. years ago, at a classic stage company, I directed Hamlet with Peter Sarsgaard. And Peter, I mean, we worked on it for a year before we went into rehearsal. But all through that year, and then all through rehearsals, and all through the run, Peter is totally intuitive. He would say, let's look at this aspect of it and see what we find. Right. But we never plotted out an arc for it, because it defies that, as, mm -hmm. as does Lear. You just have to, you don't, if you're going through an uncharted jungle, you don't chart your path, because there is no path. Right. You just, you, you find your way through it. And, um, and in that you'll find you, new uh, things, new exciting, right. If you stay open, things keep presenting themselves to you. Right. And, um, so it's like that. Yeah. I, I hope I'm not sounding evasive, uh, because, um, uh, the, the great Lears I've seen were, well, one was Louis Zorich. I can say that objectively, although I directed it because Louis, was so alive in it that I sort of observed it, and then I staged around it, you know. And it, just watching it, like, he's an active volcano as an actor. So just, And then, and the other one was Paul Schofield in the right. Peter Brook production, mm. which I saw in the theater in the 60s, which was the opposite of Louis. I mean, the opposite person. Yeah. yeah. So that shows you that whoever enters... The jungle finds their own path. Right. And so in long that, as they truly stay open to what comes up with in the path they find, it will, it will deliver something. If, right. well, if they're, they have to be good, like Louis and Paul. Sure. Uh, but and Paul, yourself, of well, course. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But Paul, um, I call him Paul. I met him once years later in a movie we were doing together. But they, um, uh, but they, it's, um, uh, so it's about the moment. Right. It's, I mean, some people say that's true of any part you play, and to a certain degree it is. One of the things it's about is the moment at which you are doing it, the people you're doing it with, where they are in their lives, where you are in your life, where the director is in the director's life, and, um, the, um, and how all that comes together with that incredibly volatile script. Mm -hmm. All the parts in King Lear are incredibly volatile, Absolutely. all of them. And it's um, the, the only thing that I would say that the play might be about is that all the chaos and horror in the world is unleashed by conditional love. Mm. I mean, this play begins with an act of almost obscene conditional love. Yeah, right. And, and it, it reminds me of, you know, fundamentalism of any kind. Mm. It doesn't just have to be explicit fundamentalism. Mm hmm where you will get love if you believe this, if you right. do that, if you do that. Right. And it, it creates madness. And monsters. Yeah, and, and monsters. And the word yeah. monsters is used in the play King mm -hmm. Lear. Right. And it, but it sets off this chain reaction that in the play finally envelops everybody. Right. Tragically. And um, that's the, but you can't play that. Lear doesn't think he's giving conditional love. Right. I don't know what he thinks he's doing, right. but it's not that. He's not saying, I'm going to give you conditional love, and I know that's difficult.
Hey actors, what if I told you you could take acting class with Kevin Spacey or Dustin Hoffman? You'd freak out, right? And then you'd ask, okay, how much? Masterclass is an online learning service that gives you access to acting classes with these master actors for just 90 bucks. You can't even rent rehearsal space in New York City for that much, and you get hours of exclusive footage you won't find anywhere else, worksheets and templates, and a community forum to connect you with other passionate performers. This is access you can't find elsewhere, and the knowledge that these two titans of film and stage deliver in these courses is priceless. Click the link on the homepage at ActorCEO.com or find it on the resources page at ActorCEO.com slash resources. Masterclass provides phenomenal content, so don't miss your chance to learn from the greats. Now back to the show. Yeah, he's operating in a world that, that a reality that he understands, that he knows that yeah. you know, comes from a place uh, mm-hmm. you know that is personal to him and personal yeah. to the people that are around him. So that's that's the world that he lives in. When you take a ten thousand foot view of it, you can see yeah, right. how all the yeah. chess pieces are moving and why they're doing that. Yeah. But you know, the man in the moment does not. Yeah. So what I just said is not a it's not useful in terms of the playing of it. Right. It it's it's it is useful occasionally. You do have to take a ten thousand and just see what. What is all this? Right. And then you have to try to go back inside it and try to figure out what would move somebody to behave like that and come up with whatever you find about that. Because everybody does that. Mm-hmm. We all think, well, I would never do that. Well, you right. would like only 24 right. <laughs> seven, right. you know, in one way or another. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, even when you try not to do it. Well, and that's the beauty about what Shakespeare does in holding the mirror up to nature as it is. Yeah. Is it gives you that ten thousand foot view? Yes, it does. Uh, so that you can then tr- you dive down those. and you move. Mm-hmm. I remember the great the great critic Stanley Kaufman once gave a review of Meryl Streep in Out of Africa, mm-hmm. and he said a phrase about her which was exactly true that I thought was so amazingly accurate. He said she has stood outside the house of the role and looked at it, and then she's moved in. Mm. That's a beautiful phrase. That is what she does, and and what all great actors do. I love that imagery. Yeah, and that's and it, it it that's a it's a two step process, and occasionally you have to come back out of the house for a minute and check it out. But then when you move in, you've moved in. Right. You're Absolutely. looking from the inside out. Right. No matter how you work, whether you work externally or internally, still you are the one who's doing those things. Absolutely. So let me ask then, Austin, in regards to in regards to uh, tying your work in Shakespeare and in film together, what has your work from the plays, from directing the plays, and also being in Shakespeare's work? Yeah. How has that informed your work on film and television, translating what you do there? I don't. Uh, this is a little strange, but I- I've never thought there's a difference between film acting and stage acting. Yeah. And the great film actor, I mean, look at Jessica Lang last year in Long Day's mm-hmm. Journey. Did mm-hmm. you see that? I did not see it, no. I've never seen anything any better than that. Yeah. I've se- seen a handful of other things as good, I guess. Yeah. But that's a film actor. Right. <laughs> so, and and it was in a large theater. Right. And it was like, um, and it's a large play. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, you see great stage actors, and they, Alan Arkin, and mm-hmm. they go and they do film, and it's just electric. I think that it's the same process, actually. 
You have to talk louder <laughs> on the stage. Certainly, right. You know, things like that. But they both require a great deal of intimacy. Mm-hmm. The, in- the question of projecting the intimacy is slightly different. Right. Not as different as you would think. Right. You just basically just a little more breath support. Right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, um, one thing that is different about, about stage and film is in stage you have to think of the arc because you have to deliver the lark, the arc, the lark, the arc every time you do the piece. Mm-hmm. Whereas in film, you take it scene by scene. But a really great film actor thinks in terms of the arc of the whole part. Sure. And and uh, the um, 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 it's uh, so I don't think it's all that different. In fact, I think people get in trouble sometimes thinking it's different. Yeah. But that's I shouldn't say that because everybody has their own experience. And I've actually had that conversation before on this show and um, and with other uh, acting teachers, especially film acting teachers, too. Uh, uh, so I really I enjoy hearing that. Yeah. Uh, because in training, uh, you don't always get that perspective. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's, it's you know, it's very different in the, the two worlds. Uh, never the Twain show meet oftentimes. Yeah. And uh, I think that. In the professional world, that's really you can put that aside. You can help help yourself so much as an actor by understanding that th- these two things are very much the same. You're using all the same wonderful skills and abilities and connections that you that you have and that you're good at. Yeah. And you can bring it and uh, just trust that the person behind the camera or on the other side of the stage, on the other side of the footlights, so to speak, the director yeah. is going to help you communicate sure. that in a yeah. way that those people are going to be able to see. Your audience will see. But everything that you're doing. You just keep it's, doing it. Well, you know, it's interesting you say, and, and, and you're good at it. Sometimes you're good at it and sometimes you're not good at it. But that, that doesn't depend on which medium it's in. Right. Sometimes Very the true. wires just don't connect. Very you know, true. You, uh, you try and you try and they never connect. And so, if they do connect, finally, it's almost by accident. <laughs> and you don't quite know why it happened. And sometimes that's the best way to do it. Because then you don't overthink it and try to control it in some way. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Hey, actors, I've got amazing news. We've hit over 5,000 downloads since launching this podcast in September. That's an amazing feat, and I thank each and every one of you for joining me on this journey and seeking out this great insight from our guests. If you want to show your love for this show and all the amazing info we get from our guests, head to actorceo.com slash resources to buy your next book on acting, your next piece of self-tape gear, or your next awesome video series like Acting Shakespeare. You're going to make that purchase anyway, and this way you can show a little support for this podcast you love and all the people that make it happen. Thank you for joining me on this journey, and I cannot wait to keep delivering great guests and outstanding info on how to treat your career like a business throughout the year. Now back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about directing since you've uh, had that experience uh, and working as an actor. How has your work as a director helped inform your abilities as an actor, whether it be on stage or even on film and television. I, I think I th- some people who have directed me might might take issue with this. I think I became easier to direct after I became a director. Yeah, I think so. I was a brat of an actor. <laughs> uh, so what is it actors can learn maybe from your experience to keep in mind well, when they go through the process to help Usually make if a director's impatient with you or mad at you or... Mm-hmm being controlling of you it's for some reason you're not you're not helping them put on the show 
Mm. You're right. you're off on some trip of your own, or you're stuck, or you're blocked, or something. Mm -hmm. And they are, have to put when one is directing, one has to put on the show. Mm -hmm. one, in other words, one has to tell the story of the play, right? Or the film, I guess, if it's a film. I, I've never directed film, but the but always the direct. That's the director's job is as simple and as incredibly complex as that to tell the story with the people at hand, mm -hmm. with the actors you have, right. and the designers and everybody that you have tell the story of the play and you might tell it a different way if it were different actors but still no matter what the no you would tell it differently if it were with different actors but you still it has to be in some way or another the story of the play most scripts that are any good at all have some flexibility that way mm. i mean i mean the i mean the basic story is the same but the way of telling it uh invites a little flexibility, accommodates a little flexibility, but that's what the director has to do. And if one actor is simply not telling the story of the play, right. you have to kick ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, and so once you've directed, you understand that. You understand it here in this part of yourself, in the mm -hmm. viscera, where you have to. And, and you say, and so you get a you don't freak out so much when the director's on your case. Right. Because you understand, again, yeah, 10,000 foot you know what their job the larger is. picture, yeah. and you know, how you fit into them. You know what they're struggling with, and it's disconcerting when you realize that what they're struggling with is you. <laughs> <laughs> but that might help you make the adjustment a little bit easier. Yes, yes, it does. It does. I, I Oh, I used to be impossible to direct. <laughs> yeah. So bringing it back to, I mean, you mentioned this is not your first time at the Secret Theater. What is it that you love about uh, working here at the Secret Theater? Well, basically, it's hard. First of all, the people who work here are wonderful. The two directors, the one who directed uh, uh, City Girls and Desperados last year, who's now in Kingley, Richard Mazda. Great, yeah. Um, he's a great director. And mm -hmm. Alberto, a great actor, too. And Alberto, who's directing King Lear, is a great director. Mm -hmm. So... That would be true even if we were playing it on Rikers Island or somewhere, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, 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 um, but there's an atmosphere here where everything is stripped away except the work itself. Right. Sometimes the work gets lost in all these other things. Mm. But this, it's just right down to the essence and the bare bones of it. And they really understand that and how to work. Of course, it's, it's okay to have everything stripped down to the bare bones. But then if nobody's doing any work, it doesn't matter that <laughs> it's stripped down to the bare bones. Then it just looks empty. But when it does get stripped to the bare bones and you have directors like that and the other, the kind of actors they hire here mm. are very direct and, and, there's a freedom to uh, it's very very disciplined and very free all at the same time which is a a good combination oh absolutely and you should know i mean you've had uh multiple experiences directing off broadway productions shakespeare and uh you know straight regular plays as well yeah and uh, acting too and acting of course and 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 yeah i kind of love i kind of love that way of working both as an actor and a director off broadway you mean yeah i like things to be right down to to cases yeah okay yeah i think i saw a brilliantly acted broadway show and beautifully directed too not re not too long ago and my god the technology of the production simply would not cease mm. and i thought 
it was not ineffective, but it just wouldn't stop. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wait, this is so beautifully directed and so beautifully played mm -hmm. and performed that I just want that. Yeah. So uh, we were speaking about this just before the broadcast, but uh, let me jump back in and uh, and ask you this question about preparation because we yeah. were having a short conversation about that. Uh, what is yours, if any, uh, preparation that you go into, and uh, why do you uh, take the perspective that you do? I studied with Uta Hagen and then with her husband, Herbert Berghoff, at mm -hmm. HP Studio, where I now teach. And Uta was always about, you do all that work in rehearsal, and you get, you find what you're doing and what the needs of your character are, what the character in their life needs right. in the life of the play. And, and uh, you, you get all, you really work on that and you make it available to you. And then each performance you bring on wherever you are mm -hmm. and you step on that carpet. But you don't ever go on pretending you're someplace that you're not. Right. Trying to recreate last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, particularly that one. Yeah. But she said even if, like she says, let's say you've been playing it for a while, which is always a huge privilege, of course. Mm -hmm. say that, and it's a Wednesday matinee, and you wish you were somewhere else. Right. And you don't want to go on. Take that on stage with you, and and the play will see say, oh, you're in. I see the place you're in, so I can work with that. And the play will absorb that right in. And, but if you go on with a lie, like, oh, I'm great, it's great to be here, when you don't feel that way, the the play can't find you. Wow. But if you've worked on the play, you, I mean, all this doesn't mean anything unless you put a lot of work in the play. Of course, right. But, the, um, but if you have put a lot of work in the play and the work has any accuracy to it or pertinence to it to you and the people you're working mm -hmm. with, you, uh, the play will scoop you up like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And it will take you into all the choices and all the relationship work that you've already done. But you can't walk on stage with a lie. Absolutely. So if you go into this... Now, there are some actors who do elaborate preparations who do brilliant work. I mean, I've seen them. They go... that They need to be in a zone for 20 minutes where they go off somewhere. Sure. And, and you have to honor that and respect. And then they do glorious work. Right. But I wasn't trained that way. Right. And I, I, and so I never learned how to do that. In fact, the few times I've ever tried that, I just end up going on stage like a, a zombie, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm not anywhere. So the play can't find me. Right. And, uh, but that's the way that I learned. And then I acted with a great zero mustel for a year. Yeah. And Fiddler on the Roof. And, he could be in the middle of anything backstage and he would run on stage and be right in the scene. Sure. And I thought, wow, look at that. Look at that. And, um, the, um, so, and I've worked with other actors, actors like that too. And it's always very inspiring to me. So I tend to be like whatever I am so that I'll be open to the work we've already done. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it works brilliantly there, uh, uh, for film, especially, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great perspective. I appreciate you sharing it with us. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, it definitely a show that everybody should come check out. Uh, Austin, thank you so much for your time and your insight and sharing it with uh, our listeners and and our audience. Um, I cannot wait to see this show. I'm definitely going to be coming to check it out. And uh, congratulations. Thank you, Michael.
Find all the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes at ActorCEO.com slash 29. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Actor CEO podcast on iTunes and at ActorCEO.com.